Hi, I'm David Sampson, and I'm going to be your host for the Sampson Saturday Talk Show. Today, I'm going to be featuring a guest, Caleb, and we're going to be talking about justifying our existence as humans here on Earth. So without further ado, this is Caleb. Hi, how are you? Wait, hey, I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Is your mic connected? Yeah, I was just... uh struggling to get it working with chrome but i think we got it all set up now oh that's okay you yeah. don't use chrome hmm? you don't use chrome oh i do use chrome oh, okay it i just have never had to set up a mic with it before so it was like all struggling oh i see well how are you oh i'm good uh i just like hurt my back yesterday so i haven't really done anything yet today and then you're like oh do you want to do that podcast and i'm like oh yeah i can do that now yeah that's perfect what happened to your back oh i like just i fell because i fell and then (laughs) my back was like oh i don't like that well (laughs) yeah yeah so i guess today we're gonna do you just want to hop right into it oh yeah for sure all right well i guess today we're gonna be talking about justifying our existence yeah so how how do you want to start this off do you have anything to say well i there there's a multitude of ways that you can answer that question or even just perceive that question you can talk about how do you know that you yourself as a person exist or how do you make it seem that life is worth living those are two ways that you can see that question being answered and which one do you really want to get into so pretty much you're either talking about the meaning of life yeah if we're living a simulation yeah um let's try the simulation one because i've already talked about the meaning of life with somebody else but of course we can get into that later on yeah that's that's good and also talking about simulations is always a really fun thing to talk about with people because no matter who you talk to about it Mm -hmm. everyone's gonna have a different answer yeah i mean i just want to put it out there personally i think justifying our existence means justifying our meaning but i really want to try this simulation talk yeah so i guess i guess i can just ask you then do you believe we live in a simulation no, I do not. And what about you? I also don't think we live in a simulation. But what's your justification that we don't? Um, I mean, there's just several um, justifications. I feel like most of it is based on emotion and free will. But then again, there's just so much around us that's based on emotion. Uh, we have... I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. So my answers might be shallow, but for me, it personally boils down to we're way too complex and we have free will. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go, we could play devil's advocate here. And I could say, well, we are so advanced, but the civilization that would have to have the power to create a universe like ours would be so massively incomprehensibly advanced that we can't comprehend it 
And to us, we're so advanced, but to them, we're literally just ants swimming around in our little colonies, you know? If we can't comprehend it, then why are we asking ourselves this? That That's a good point. I and, mean, and also, like, what are the chances that there is, like, a foreign alien being controlling us? And how would they be controlling us? I don't why, know. why would they be controlling us? Maybe because they're bored? Maybe just, okay. <laughs> well, it just doesn't make sense to me that there would be assimilation, because just why? Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, my answer to that question, how we, how I know that we don't live in a simulation is a lot more simple. It, I'm sorry, I'm pointing my mouth away from the mic, and I don't know if you're tr- struggling to hear me, but... Oh, it's not making a difference. Oh, okay, perfect. So, I believe that just because... See, I'm talking to you right now. Yeah. I can see through my own eyes, and when I close my eyes, I can hear my thoughts. Yeah. I can... I know that I, as a person, exist. I think it all it's all based on the saying, you've probably heard it before, I think, therefore, I am. Yeah. I know that because I think I exist. Mm-hmm. And based on this argument, you could say, oh, you still live in a simulation, but I don't believe that matters because I still know that I as a human being exist in this world and I can I can pick up this coffee mug and I can say, hey, I'm changing the world I live in and I can I'm changing it. I'm talking to you. I'm effectively changing your life right now. And I'm effectively changing my own life by talking to you. So just based on that simply, I can say that we don't live in a simulation. And even if we do live in a simulation, we still have an existence and we still hold a value, which is a much greater reason to justify our existence than um, for a simulation. And I guess what you're also trying to say is we don't live in a simulation because we simply have a consciousness. Yeah. And I don't know if you knew this about me. But I've taken a massive interest in finding that consciousness scientifically. And that's what I want to do when I'm older. Yeah. I want to figure out how that consciousness exists. But earlier, like like 30 seconds ago, you mentioned that that thought of existence gives us value. What do you mean by that? That thought of existence gives us value? Yeah. Well, I guess that's an argument for, like, justifying our meaning, because I believe that our value comes from our meaning and purpose in life. Yeah. Um, so, for me, I read the book, Man's Search for Meaning. Mm-hmm. He defined, um, where is it, uh, the meaning, and there's three different ways you can find life's meaning. It's by creating a work or a deed, by experiencing something or encountering someone, and this could be like 
a religion, or yeah. by the attitude we take to unavoidable suffering, which is uh, transformation and trying to overcome that suffering. So those are like the three main spectrums of life's meaning. Yeah, I I heard a a Hindu a Hindu thing. It's yeah. it's a big old it's a big old net, and every single human soul makes up a point in the net. And as soon as one one human does anything, the whole net ripples, as if someone as if you're like poking the net in one spot, right? Can you give an example? Yeah. Uh, so say I were to go out and see a group of my friends today. Yeah. Even if it's just a normal gathering of, of friends, I'm not only going to be impacting my own life because I'm pointing at that net. I'm going to be impacting every single one of their lives as well because I decided to come out with them. And then from that, every single person that we come into contact with that whole day is also going to change because they've seen not even if we talk to them, if we see them or look at them, they're going to some small aspect of their lives is going to change. So your uh, like argument is um, you don't have a purpose or a meaning, but you have an impact on somebody else. What happens, but this argument falls apart when you live in isolation. You can still have a meaning or a purpose during isolation, but you can't really impact anybody in complete isolation. Well, I guess you could say you're still changing, changing stuff even as you live in isolation because you might not be changing other people's lives but you're changing your own life. And because you've gone through that, your own personal change, as soon as you meet someone else, that change that you did to yourself while you were into isolation is going to affect them as well. Okay, so do you think complete isolation is a positive or negative experience for humans? Oh, definitely negative. I So would you call that suffering? suffering i wouldn't call it suffering but it's definitely negative because in my own research and belief i feel like humans have only gotten as far as we have in humanity and the world we live in because of our wild communication with other humans but you don't if you think it's a negative experience then why don't you think it's suffering do you think that human is thriving alone? What do you, uh, can you say that again? So if you think complete isolation is a negative like thing, mm-hmm. but you don't think it's suffering, can you just like explain that in further detail? Because I think it's suffering because we're not meant to be alone. Yeah. Well, think about it this way. There is... I'm sorry, I did a lot of research on a lot of different religions. Uh And one thing that's common in almost every single, every single religion is the thought of meditation. Yeah. And if you think about it, you boil down the aspects of meditation. It's pretty much just 
isolating yourself from every everybody else but it's actually a good thing because you're coming out of it with new perspectives and new hopes yeah right for that claim that only works for somebody that is based in a religion because then they're per se connecting themselves with a higher being but if you're in isolation complete isolation and you're an atheist what's up with that you don't have to believe in the idea of a god in order to meditate you can meditate on the things you did you can meditate on yourself really you can think about you can you can think about who you are as a person what you can do to make yourself better and what you can do to change the courses of other people's lives you can meditate on the idealism of yourself yeah I feel like complete isolation really just at the end of the day depends on the circumstance. If you're thrown in a prison into a cube box with nothing to do all day, you really, you're really suffering. That's going to be suffering. But if you um, go into a forest by yourself and meditate and build a cabin and stuff, suddenly yeah. you all have a whole different um, spectrum of like meaning and purpose. But I guess really why I brought this whole topic up about complete isolation is because you, your idea of like meaning is that you still have an impact. So I just wanted to bring this argument up about complete isolation. Yeah. But you managed to create an impact by meditating and doing, etc. Mm-hmm. So uh, my argument against that is if you're suffering in a prison then that's your life's meaning your life's meaning is to overcome that and if you're in a forest meditating and building a cabin then you have found a work or a deed and at the beginning of this whole discussion that was one of the two out of three points i made for um life's meaning yeah i mean that's a good outlook on it but even if you're in prison and all you've done, all you've thought about, all you can think about is what you can do to not go into prison again or what you can do to even escape the prison. That's still something meaning. You're still thinking about it. You're still giving yourself hope. So I guess my whole basis of thinking about how I know how I can justify my own existence is based on two things then. It's based on it's based on change and it's based on hope. Hope. What? What do you mean hope? Hope that you can do better or hope that Wait, hope. so how do you justify your existence through hope? Through hope? That's what you just said. Yeah. You can justify your own existence through hope. Wait, give me a, give me a minute to like throw all my thoughts together into a group here yeah uh you can justify your own existence through hope because hope is what comes from meditation hope is what comes through thinking and trying to make a change because once you make a small change once you take a small step in the right direction that hope that you have that you can do better and that you can justify your own life you get more hope because you're already making progress towards that goal. Okay. So 
you you're still um positive or you still think that in order to justify life's existence we need an impact and we need hope yeah and and you don't think at all that it's finding a work or a deed experiencing something or encountering someone or mm-hmm. the attitude we take towards unavoidable suffering yeah i mean i definitely think that that's part of it but that's not all of it like those three points probably make up about 60 percent of not 50 50 is a bit low but 60 <laughs> 60 60 is it Okay, well, let me ask you this. Do you think that justifying our existence is justifying our life's meaning? I feel like those are two very different questions. Because I think that's where we differ, because I do. So that's why I'm giving you my arguments. Yeah. You don't. Because those three points all don't really talk about... Can you say the three points again? Okay, let me bring it up. Creating a work or a deed, experiencing something or or encountering someone, or by the attitude we take towards unavoidable suffering. Yeah, so those three points, they're all talking about the physical aspects of you as a person. Except maybe the last one. The last one's a little bit on the edge, but it can still count towards this argument. And encountering but, someone can be a religious aspect too, or spiritual. Yeah, I guess, but it's all mostly physical. And I feel like most of what you are as a human has to be mental. Because yeah. even, even if, because people, because a, a good argument towards this is always talking about depression. Because people who have depression, people who are depressed, I've always noticed don't have that sense of meaning. Uh-huh. Right? And it's not even even though they may be going through, they may have done all those three things on the checklist that you just mentioned, they still don't know how to find meaning. And that's just because they no. have... If they do those checklists, they will find meaning. Maybe, but... They it's... will, they will. <laughs> why don't you think they won't tell me why they don't think they won't they have because a reason i've seen i've seen them do it and okay. i've i've seen them not find meaning after because they don't think that it was real can you give me an example maybe like omit the names and places but like can you elaborate well i noticed i noticed a person he, she no it was a he uh he just he just figured out that he was depressed and he was trying to figure out how to solve it without taking any medication, any meds for it. And he went out and tried to see as many close friends as he could. He made an impact on people. He set out to do all the things on the checklist. And when he was done, he noticed that he was more depressed than he was before because he wasn't seeing his friends as a form of just to see them to make their lives better. He was seeing it to make his own life better. He, in order to have that full meaning in your life, you have to, you have to help people. You have to have a physical, no, not a physical. You have to have a mental outwards appearance. 
Well, you see, I feel like he had the wrong attitude because he was trying to make an impact on others in yeah. order to help himself. That That's what I'm saying, right? But, and I feel yeah. like that that basic outlook is one of the causes. I can't really say causes of depression because it's literally but, a... But, okay, do you remember the three points on life's yeah. meaning? I should write he, these. He, he was he was actually completing the last one, the attitude we take towards unavoidable suffering, and he was trying to overcome his suffering and become a better person. At that moment in time, that was his life's meaning. Yeah, we all have different specific lives, meaning and purposes, but there's still this overarching three points. Yeah, and he was completing one of them. He was trying to overcome his suffering and depression. I guess. I guess you could put it there. And I can't really fight you on that one because that's... <laughs> <laughs> You've locked me in a corner here. Uh, let, me, let me find something. Hold on. I need to write down these points. I just need to find a pen. All right. Because I keep forgetting them. Yeah, I found the paper and I think there's pens over here. Oh, I, uh, I'm going to just type them up because I can't find a pen. All right, what are they? By creating a work or doing a deed. By experiencing something or encountering someone. Experiencing something or... How do you spell encounter? Encounter... <laughs> Turning someone and the attitude we take towards unavoidable suffering attitude we take towards unavoidable suffering there we go and just another point I want to make before um, just to lock you in furthermore um, some people don't take the same attitude as your friend did and they um they turn towards suicide because they've mm-hmm. lost all meaning and they've lost all purpose. But I want to say that's false because one of my favorite examples from the book Man's Search for Meaning is uh, what the doctor said is imagine this situation. Um, this was like the 1950s or whenever polio was really a thing. I'm not sure about my history. But what they used to do is they used to get some serum or blood or something from the monkey Mm-hmm. And, they, and they'd inject it in order to uh, get whatever they needed from the monkey, the serum. Yeah. Now, undoubtedly, the monkey was suffering. It felt hurt. It felt pain. But do you think the monkey understood why it was experiencing that pain or that suffering? Are, are we giving the monkey enough mental capability to think that way? Like, think in that fashion. We're sticking pins and needles into the monkey. And the monkey has no idea why. Oh, then no, I don't think the monkey, I think the monkey would just be completely oblivious to why it's in this laboratory, why it's getting needles and stuck into it. Yeah, but undoubtedly, the serum is saving lives. Yeah. Do you not agree that his suffering has a meaning? Not to the monkey, but to us it is. And we can justify the monkey's suffering to our own heads. But to the monkey, 
it's just pain for no reason. Because in they give me a minute here. In these arguments, it's I've always recognized that it's really important to remember all the different aspects of perspective. Because the monkey doesn't know what it's doing. The monkey hasn't agreed to be doing it. And the monkey is completely oblivious to why it's experiencing well, these pains. You don't agree to suffering and you don't agree to pain. What do you mean? Well, there's unavoidable suffering in our lives. Yeah. And you don't agree to it. It just comes and goes. You have to overcome it. Yeah, of course. So the monkey, so the monkey didn't choose this suffering. Mm-hmm. It just happened to the monkey. But undoubtedly, its suffering still has a meaning. It still has a purpose. Its purpose and meaning is to save other lives. Yeah. See, I'm not I'm not going all vegan when I say this. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, to the monkey, that suffering is completely meaningless. To us, we're giving it meaning so that we can justify in our own hearts why we're putting the monkey through the suffering. But to the monkey, that suffering is coming with no, no positive outlook after. It's coming with no... Okay, but do you, think, do you think if the monkey was mm-hmm. in some world able yeah. to understand that he was saving a life? Yeah. Is that not enough meaning? It might not justify it, but it is a meaning and it is a purpose, either positive or negative. That's besides the point. It do is. Do not agree? I agree with that. Okay. If you could understand. Okay, now imagine your friend who has depression and he lost all attitude towards his unavoidable suffering Mm -hmm. and he wants to commit suicide. What I would tell him is that just because you don't understand your suffering or your meaning or your purpose doesn't mean there isn't someone out there or something greater than you that can understand it. Because in reality life never loses its meaning or purpose. And that would give them the example of this monkey. I... That's hard, though. Because if if we go back to the beginning of this recording, I mentioned that my whole idea of existence comes from the fact that I personally know that I exist. Yeah, consciousness. Right. I I know that I have a conscious and I know that I as a person exist. Mm -hmm. So if that's all I have to prove to myself that I exist, then the idea that there's something bigger than me that can understand it all would prove that we live in a simulation. So if you think, let's just say Christianity, for example, because that's the easiest for me. Yeah. If you think that there is a God, which I do, you think automatically becomes a simulation. Yeah, because that that God, sorry, I, I don't know if you know this, but I, I am atheist. I'm taking an atheist standpoint because it's the easiest one to go to talk to everyone with because then we don't have to think about religion in the arguments. All right. But, well, do you want to do it for the sake of the argument? 
Yeah, sure. Because so, just before we get into it, I do think religion plays a major part in everything we do. All right. Of course on. it does. 60%, 60-70% of the population has some religion, so of course yeah. religion plays a major part. But um it's like I'm not saying that because a god could exist, we live in a simulation. But I'm saying that the idea of something higher than me that can understand all my suffering and all my pain, that just says that something is controlling my actions. But what if that higher being, that God, preaches mm-hmm. free will and still gives you the very consciousness you need to? Yeah. So how does that make it a simulation? If it just doesn't add up to me. Do you get what I'm saying? Should I repeat myself? Yeah, you should repeat that. I I missed a couple words in there. Yeah, I don't think I was very clear myself. So if you think that um, this God Mm -hmm. is putting us into simulation, then how come we're still able to experience him spiritually and even in our consciousness? And how come that God preaches free will? Like, Because free will makes everything so much more interesting. The idea that everything, every single human can do whatever they want. Because, no, okay, free will is really hard to explain. Yeah. Right? Well, it's a really deep, it's probably the deepest two words that I've ever found, right? Because the idea of free will isn't the idea of you being able to do whatever you want. It's the idea of you being able to think whatever you want. It's the idea that you can have your own thoughts that are different than everybody else. And that that those thoughts that you're thinking pretty much implements turns humanity into a massive game of chance. It's everything is random because everyone is different. And that's why I think that he would be preaching free will because it just makes it all so much more interesting. But what if, if that's just a reality and you're only thinking it. What do you, you're only thinking of free will or what do you mean? So you don't think that God exists because Mm -hmm. he gives us free will. Yeah. That just seems a little absurd to me. Sorry. Um, No, don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to think about what I could say to you. it's not it's not that i don't believe that god exists because his philosophy is that he's going to give us free will i feel like it's impossible for him to give us free will because it's so random okay let's go along with it let's say that there is a simulation but there is also a god Mm -hmm. so what What's what's your argument then? 
We live in a simulation, but then there's a God. The God being the creator of the simulation. Yeah. So why don't you believe in him? Because there's no point to. I know... Because even if I did believe in him, yeah. there's no way I could change him. My, my whole... What do you mean? I just said, like, good. Yeah, okay. I was just... Yeah. There's no, there's no way that I could change him. Because my whole being, my whole existence is based on the fact that I can change the courses and aspects of other people. The concept of believing in a God that I can't affect or change just seems like a waste of brain, not a waste of brain power. And I'm not, ta- I'm not meaning any offense when I oh, say no, that. No, I'm not taken. It's just, it feels like a waste of thought because I can't do anything about what he's doing. Why right? do you feel the need to do that? Because that's what give that that's what gives my life meaning. But there's three other points on there. If you drill, Caleb, if your if your meaning is to change God, mm-hmm. you can't do that. So I'm sorry to tell you this, but go jump off a bridge. See, you'd be dead right now and wouldn't be talking here. So your argument falls apart. I'm, I'm not so saying. why are you still sitting here and talking with me? Because obviously you have a different meaning and purpose. Exactly. So I feel it's... like. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. This is like, we got two very different arguments here. Yeah. And it's kind of fun. It is. <laughs> but. So. In reality, because I'm is what I'm trying to say is because I'm talking to you right now, in some way, I'm changing. Yeah, just because you're sitting here with me on the phone, I'm changing you some way. And that change is going to change the whole entirety of the rest of your life. Yeah, you're doing me a favor. Exactly. So... If I can't do that, that's that one thing. The fact that I can change other people, other people who also know they exist. That's that's what gives my life meaning. I'm right now just by sitting here with you. I'm talking about the attitude we need to take towards unavoidable suffering. I'm experiencing I'm experiencing something or encountering someone and I'm doing a deed and creating a work. I'm doing all the things that gives my life meaning just by talking to you right now. Okay. If I can't do that with the God that's supposed to exist, I have no meaning sitting here with him. So, so you agree that you can impact anybody here on this earthly world? Yeah. But do you think you can impact everybody? In some way, I already have. How so? Just, I saw somewhere, it it was either 7 or 11, but every single human, like if I'm a human, I can be linked to any other human in the world through, I think, seven people. Okay, but that's not my point. Do you think you going on a 
walk outside today if you did mm-hmm. do you think that impacted the uh three-year-old girl in some foreign african tribe not directly but everything is connected like i said earlier if you push the net somewhere the ripple might be small somewhere else but it's gonna ripple it's i part of hindu religion that i really liked because everything is connected well, at least humans, at mm-hmm. least. So you don't think you can impact God by allowing him to impact you by um, uh, by admitting that he exists and therefore giving him great joy? You don't think you can impact God by taking the steps to become a Christian and get into heaven and literally uh, spending time with him in heaven? I mean, that seems pretty impactful to him. You are making the free will choice to become a Christian or an atheist and hence occupying the space in heaven. That's God's heaven. And that's impacting him. Yeah. It says somewhere in the Bible, I forget where, but it says, I forget the word for it, but it pretty much means he sits along all of the human history at once. He is, I think it's omnipotent or something, omnipresent. Omnipotent, omnipresent, and I forgot the third one. But yeah, yeah. he's, he can see everything that's going to happen already. And that can be taken as an argument against free will, but I'm not going to go into that. But I'm going to go into it in the fact that it's an argument against I can change God because he already knows what I'm going to do in my life if he's omnipotent. He already knows what I'm going to do. He already knows the actions I'm going to take. I can't change that. He knows. He knows if I'm going to get into heaven or not. Well, I don't know. Let me think for a second. Um, that's hard. But you don't know. I don't know either because I have free will. And I have free will too, you know, I'm a Christian. Yeah. So what's the difference? The difference being, if God can sit everywhere in every human life, he knows what I'm going to do. And again, I'm not going to take that as an argument against free will. I'm going to take it as an argument. So just because he knows in an act of defiance, you're going to be stubborn and not believe in it. What do you mean? Well, you're like, oh, if God knows if I'm going to go to heaven or mm-hmm. to hell, what is the purpose in trying? I'm not saying that there's no purpose in trying. I'm saying God knows what the span of my life is. So I'm going to use my free will to make me happy in the place that I know exists. For sure, because I know I'm a. I know that every step I take in my bedroom, I'm gonna change something. Every I know that every conversation I have with someone is gonna change something. I know that the this world exists, and I'm gonna make my time here count. I'm not. I'm not actively defying God by not believing in Him. I'm gonna make the world I live in a better place. 
but by not believing in him, you're actively defying him. Not if he doesn't exist. Okay, do you want to take a huge step back into justifying your existence? And probably you should have been like the first question I should have asked you. Yeah, sure. So justifying my existence, is that an argument on how your life came to be? What your life means? Or an argument for why you deserve your existence? Or something else? For me, justifying my own existence is saying not how I came into being. It's saying how what I'm doing makes my life worth living. So it's not justifying your existence. It's justifying what you are doing during your existence. And that is my existence. What I'm doing is all I can do in my existence. So you're, you're impacting your consciousness. That is your existence. Exactly. There you go. Okay. I don't know. I don't agree with that, but I can explain why. All right. So, um, do you have anything you want to add? Maybe elaborate on that so I could make an argument against it. Elaborate on how my existence affecting my consciousness is what makes up my existence. Uh, but we've been doing this this whole time. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, this is this is fun because we have so very different. Yeah. Our perceptions of this argument are so vastly different, and so it's it's a really it's, fun conversation. If it's justifying what you're doing during your existence, that's creating a work or doing a deed. Yeah. That sounds a lot like life's meaning. It kind of does. Don't you think they can just be the same thing? That's not hard. Why, why do you feel the need to justify your existence? Because if I don't, then I have no purpose here. Survival mechanism? Sorry? Uh, you kind of cut out for a minute there. Do you think... Or like a defense? Making a defense sense? for what? Against suicide or death. A defense against death. I wouldn't say it's a defense against get death. I feel like it's a defense against meaningless or the feeling of meaning meaningless. But if you feel meaningless, can you tell me why suicide occurs? Because people feel meaningless. Because people feel meaningless. Yes. So justifying your existence or for the sake of the argument justifying your meaning that's a survival mechanism because if we don't do it we commit suicide not not everyone well some people don't yeah. feel the need to justify they don't feel the need to get philosophical and they might not know their meaning Mm-hmm. But it's because they haven't mentioned it yet. Because they haven't felt the need to get into that defense mechanism yet. Because they haven't felt suicidal. Exactly. So what That's point okay. are you trying to make here? The point I just said. <laughs> I think I missed it then. Yeah. 
don't know. This is hard. I'm okay. I I feel like I just need to backtrack a lot, and just remember what you said. Mm-hmm. Life. Okay. Justifying. So it's not at all justifying your existence. It's justifying what you're doing during your existence. Yeah, and I feel like that's what makes up everything. Okay, but then I'm trying to justify my existence, and you're trying to justify what you're doing during your existence. I don't see a difference. Mm. Well, I'm trying to justify my existence through... Mm -hmm giving myself meaning while you're trying to justify what you do during your existence because you think doing what you do um, gives you your existence. Oh, this blends together too much. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's what I'm struggling with too. Like, it makes sense to me, but it doesn't. It's a weak argument. It's a it's a really weak... Uh, like, it's not a weak argument. It just blends together way too much. Yeah, the two opposing sides of it are very similar. So what's the, what's the one thing that makes it different then? The one thing that makes our two arguments different... That's good. Is the one thing that makes our two arguments different, I'm pretty sure, is the idea of existing without having to, I don't know. Wait, so justifying what you do during your existence, suicide, is that an action? Suicide is a... Does it not create an impact on others? And ultimately, it is within your existence, yet it ends your existence. How do you justify that? Because suicide is less it is definitely an action i'm not saying it's not but yeah it's more of a solution to a lot of people Uh, right but it's the wrong solution on the math test (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely the wrong solution but to a lot of people it's the only solution and it's not the only solution but to their thinking to their perception it is but there. all you have to do is live. And I'm not saying it's easy as that. But theoretically, it's simple as that. Just live. You have two options. It's not the only option. So I just had like a flashback to a, flash, uh, a, Shakespeare, a Shakespeare play. Shall I live or shall I die? Yeah. And- yeah, it's it's a lot like that because shall I live or shall I die is another very philosophical and very deep question. Should I keep living this meaningless life for no apparent reason or should I keep living it because I might find meaning later? Do you think that it's meaningless, their life? Because in my argument, life never loses meaning. Well, in my in my opinion, if the person hasn't found their own meaning, if the person has no doesn't believe that their life has meaning, then 
because their perception of their life doesn't have meaning, then in reality, it doesn't because they don't believe they do. So in this argument, their their life doesn't have meaning. Okay. Do you think uh, most suicides occur under depression? Yeah. Do you think dep- uh, depressed people are mentally stable? And I'm not saying, like, they're supposed to go into, like, a mental institute. But, I mean, what is depression? Is that, are they physically flawed or mentally flawed? They're mentally flawed. So, do you think it's a mental disease? I wouldn't say disease. Disease is a hard word. But it is a hard word. It's definitely a sickness. A sickness. Yeah. So, if the person is sick mentally then what i'm trying to say is if the person is sick mentally then it's going to be more hard for them to find their meaning and purpose but it doesn't mean it's disappeared it just means yeah. they can't see it even if they're diseased mentally they still have a consciousness though they still have a soul that can perceive if they have meaning or not so i feel like the idea well, of their like if i if i break my arm physically i still have a body right yeah but that's the whole problem the, their consciousness would tell them i might have a meaning out there mm-hmm. but in in reality um they're so over overwhelmed with um that depressed sickness and emotion Emotion overrules them. And in the end of the day, that is what wins. Emotion is what wins. I guess. Where does so then we can further this argument by saying where does emotion come from? The soul? Could it come from your brain's your brain's just completely instinctual survival? idea for happiness is that where emotions come from i feel like emotion is a mixture mixture of two things i feel like it could be a deliberate choice or decision made by the brain Mm -hmm. which in that case it's mental or it could also be instinctive and innate like nature like a reaction somebody tells a joke you laugh yeah. Well, that's physical because that's like, I don't know, the chemicals in your brain, but it's all coming from your brain. So I guess now we should, oh man, I guess now we need to get into the difference between mental and physical. Yeah. So because I've got to believe that there there is a link somewhere. That's why I want to find scientific evidence that the soul exists somewhere in your body as like something as a link a link between something because in reality everything that happens in your brain is a physical passing of neurons between different parts of your brain but yeah right so i wait 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 wait. if they're physical neurons 
No, go ahead. Sorry. I shouldn't have interrupted you. Yeah. So like, I have to believe that mental, mental problems have a fit, like are a physical result, but the science between it is so dim and so it's so studied, but it's so complex that we haven't been able to find the link between it yet. That's why it's labeled as two different sciences, like psychology and neuroscience. It's two completely different sciences because there's so much evidence that are different for each one. But I have to believe because where else would it come from? Our spirit. Our, our soul. Our soul, yes. Yeah. So that's what I got to figure out in my lifetime. I got to figure out where where is our soul? Because so it has why is this so important to you? Because my soul, in a way, is what gives me meaning. How so? Because if I didn't have a soul, why would I be different from an ant that works in a colony? Why would I be different than every single other being in this planet? And why have humans so, gone so far? Wait, wait. You think your soul gives you your meaning? Yeah. And you don't think animals have a soul? Maybe. There's no way of proving that they don't. But, but if your soul gives you your meaning, then animals don't have a meaning? Then why aren't they all jumping off a bridge? Because they, because their brains are purely instinctual. Their brains are like, yeah, monkeys have gotten to the point where they can use tools to make themselves better. But in reality, they're still living off of purely their survival instinct. So you don't think the monkey's life has a meaning? I would say that they're, they haven't, they haven't gotten to the point in their species where they can comprehend their own, like people say that when computers get to the point where they can realize they exist, I don't feel like monkeys have gotten to the point where they realize they exist. Well, they maybe their meaning and soul, and maybe it's not supposed to be selfish. Maybe it can be a selfless purpose. Like that example I gave a few minutes back where the, where the scientists were extracting the monkey serum in order to, uh, serve polio patients yeah this is a this is a hard argument because there's very little evidence for both sides of the argument right but i can't there's no i know that i exist i don't even know that you exist i I don't exist (laughs) yeah and that's my proof that you exist because you're saying to me right now that you know you exist. You've had these same thoughts that I have, and I can use that as an advantage, but that's really the only proof I have. I'm not saying that I don't, I'm not saying that I don't care about you enough to say that you don't exist. I'm saying there's very little actual evidence for it. When I close my eyes, I see nothing. Well, I can see my, I can see my thoughts, but those are my thoughts, right? Yeah. So I feel like the monkeys haven't gotten to the point where they, or any other animal, haven't really got to the point where they realize they exist. 
only like seven animals in the whole world can even look at themselves in the mirror and see that it's them. Like very few animals can do that. For some reason, a magpie is one of them, but it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's all, it's all, it's a very blurry line. Yeah. Okay. In one sentence, can you just say how you would justify your existence? Just how I, how I would justify my existence? Yeah. I justify my own existence by in turn knowing that I exist and in turn knowing that I can make and sorry, I can justify my own existence by knowing that I exist and knowing that I can impact others. Consciousness and impact is how you justify your existence. But what happens? I mean, it all blends together with my three points of life's meaning. Because making an impact can very well be defined as having a purpose, or sorry, by creating a work or doing a deed or experiencing something or someone. That is an impact. And consciousness. I mean, that can fit into the third point, like the attitude we take towards unavoidable suffering or just life in general. So, yeah, I feel like we're arguing the same thing just from different sides, but they all fit into the same argument and we're all each other. We're arguing from different sides of the same coin. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel... Well, like we should do is we should take this argument. We should think about it for like a couple of days. I don't know, a week maybe. Yeah. And do this again because yeah, this like a second episode. Yeah, because this, even though we have very different points of view on it, I I I know that both of us have thought about this argument a lot on our free time. Yeah. So it's I feel like it's very entertaining. It is. It is. So, yeah. Then we'll do a second episode. Perfect. All right, then I'll see you in a week later. And thank you for coming on to the podcast. Would you like the recording? Uh, I don't have a purpose for the recording, but I would like to know where I can find the podcast. Oh, geez. Okay, you can <laughs> find it on any platform. It might not work on Apple iTunes for some reason, but you can definitely get it on Spotify. What is it? Let me look it up right now. Uh, it's called Samson's Saturday Talk Show. I upload every Saturday. So this episode's going to come out on Saturday too. And let me tell you, some of the episodes are cringe. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm doing this for the program Duke of Ed. So. Oh, look at that. It's Samson from the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's also my last name, so coincidence. But um, the previous episodes, they were more about like me talking about like extracurriculars with other people. So it's not philosophical at all. And the last episode with Anthony Salgado, that's the episode where I made the decision to go philosophical. And that's where I mentioned like the monkey example and stuff. So if you want to watch that, that's like the only one I recommend. Yeah, I feel like we should talk. I want to get 
I, I like talking to you. So I want to get into like uh, sociology stuff because that's another yeah. place I've studied. That's a lot. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe we can do a few more episodes. Yeah, for sure. But this was really fun. I enjoyed it at least. Yeah, me too. Anyways, I'll see ya. All right. Thank you for coming. Bye-bye. Yeah, no issue. All right. Have a nice day. Yeah. I've been your host, David Sampson, and this has been the Sampson Saturday Talk Show. Thank you for watching, and until next week, goodbye.